I feel that it is our duty that if we have the ability to help, to help. If you don't, I feel that's probably about one of the biggest evils in the world is if mm -hmm. you can do something and you don't. You're listening to the Christoph Lewis Podcast, a podcast where I have conversations with inspirational people. My name is Chris, but my family calls me Christoph. My goal is to have as many conversations as possible with people who have forged their own path by pursuing their dreams, making them a reality, all the while emitting positivity and sharing this knowledge with others. I seek these people out and share this information with you, proving to the world that you can do what makes you happy and do what you want for a living while being a good human being. We'll talk about careers, but we'll also cover any story that inspires. Let's do this while helping each other. Thanks for listening. I'm happy you're here. What's up, my friends? Welcome to the Christoph Lewis Podcast, Create Your Career. This is conversation number 107, total episodes number 250. Thank you so much for being here. I greatly appreciate it. I hope you are living well today. I had a really interesting, really deep, a really fun conversation with the one and only Mickey Shook. Mickey is the founder and president of Carry Trainer. You can find him on YouTube, on Instagram. He is doing big things, awesome things. And as fun as this conversation was, it was really inspirational and I got a lot out of it. And I know you Will too. Remember, you can find this episode on ChristophLewis.com forward slash podcast. You can find it on all major podcast apps and on YouTube. Head over there and subscribe. One of the things I really like about this episode is that we talked about his childhood, events that happened, bad things that happened, how it led into what he is doing now, the mindset behind that, the actions that he took to get there. He did not have a great childhood in a lot of aspects. He endured a lot of hardships. He did a lot of dumb things in his own words, not mine. And he ended up in a good place helping other people. And one of my stipulations always is to have people that help other people. So what am I doing here? I'm highlighting people that didn't complain, that went out regardless of what their past was and made a better future for themselves so they could have a good present and that they are helping other people. Mickey's story is powerful. It's very inspirational, as I said, and I hope you enjoyed as much as I did. So without further ado, welcome to the Christoph Lewis Podcast, Create Your Crew. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's an absolute pleasure. I know when I first contacted you, I saw your interview with Anson Roberts, the nub gunner, and I immediately, oh, cool. yeah, I immediately contacted you. I had him on here as well. He was a great conversationalist, and like we were talking about, I know we talked over the phone, and his story is incredible. And uh, so anyways, I reached out to you, and I was like, I really want to get you on here and kind of dig deeper into your brain and the why and the how of why you're asking the questions that you were of him. So before we get into the rest of the things that I kind of want to ask of you, do you mind introducing yourself to the people that may not know who you are? Yeah, I'm sure lots of people don't know who I am. <laughs> Mickey Shook, uh, owner, operator, carry trainer, LLC out of Illinois. We're a uh, firearm and self-protection business. And uh, I also do exotic and interpretive dance instruction as well as choreography. Nice. That last part was totally a lie. I made that last part up. I was going to go with it because one of the things I love talking about, because <laughs> it's the Christoph Lewis podcast, create your career. And I was like, damn it, this just took a spin. Like he really oh, just, you know, I mean, I was like, we could say it's real. We could know. say, I mean, I can, you know, I'm not going to, we'll see. We'll, we'll go with it. Cause one of my questions was, is like, because you've been doing this for quite a while, clearly, have you done anything? Did you ever have another job? And how long have you been doing what you've been doing? I want to know, like, how did you get into this? Uh, yes, had lots of jobs. I'm one of those people as soon as I shouldn't say as soon. But when something's not fun for me anymore, I cut it loose. Um, 
I'm a fifth generation carpenter, quite literally uh, five generations in this country and more wow. from Austria, where my where my dad's side of the family was. So uh, I kind of fell into that. Did that for years. Um, I got involved in gun rights legislation uh, over ten years ago, and at that point, I was deeply involved in like the hunting and shooting sports. But um, we had pretty arcane anti-gun laws here in the United or in uh, Illinois uh, out of the whole mm-hmm. United States. And I kind of got frustrated about that. So took it upon myself to start uh, delving into how we could change that and shape that. And uh, one thing led to another. I found myself as the vice chairman of the Republican Party up here. Wow. And it's not so much because I'm so Republican. I'm more <laughs> probably a, a libertarian you know mind your own business don't hurt kids and i don't care what you do kind of guy (laughs) but party politics i mean i'm not saying i'm like anti-republican but i ended up being a fundraiser for them because i was good at it and uh helped run the party and next thing you know that came about because i was running campaigns trying to get pro uh constitutionally minded people elected to office Mm -hmm. and um as that started to evolve, you know, one thing leads to another and you find yourself where you're at. But um, throughout that time, I was doing firearms training and then some instruction. I worked for the Department of Natural Resources as a volunteer in Illinois here doing the hunter safety program, which is pretty cool. That was very impactful for me as a mm-hmm. young man. I lost the vision in my right eye as a, I think I was 12, a kid shot me in the face with a BB gun of all things. Well, geez. And, uh, it was actually a pretty significant injury. It put me in the hospital for some time. The BB penetrated my cheekbone, still in me, and Holy. Um, you know, not like a not like a woe is me story, <laughs> but sure. that as a young man, and we were, I was always pretty safe with guns. It really kind of directed uh, uh, how my brain was wired for dangerous mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. You know, I run a construction business, been in construction my whole life, and. Uh, my brother, one of my brothers who was in construction with me is a tower climber, a mm-hmm. paraglider trainer, and, you know, does a lot of things that can get you killed. And we sure. kind of realized we never get hurt. None of our friends ever get hurt. And it was the systems that we employed in training. So that's kind of what I brought to to the carry trainer brand. So, yeah, I've yeah, done some other stuff. Yeah, that's crazy. I asked that for a lot of reasons, but it's crazy how things come together. And I think that when you just do something that you enjoy regardless of so i'll preface that with a lot of times people do things because they think they have to do things but you found joy and you really liked what you were doing so you just said yourself one thing led to another so i want to highlight people like yourself that are just like hey man this interests me i want to go do it and then you don't know where it leads until you do it but go ahead and go out there and do it so that that's something you've done and i know i was watching some of your other videos in preparation for this and you had talked about some of the things that you had experienced as a kid. Um, and unfortunately you, you had a family friend that you said was murdered at a young age. And I think that coincides with the story you just told us about your right eye with this just amazing knowledge and experiences that you've had in totality now that have led you where you are now and all of these things that have happened to you at a young age. And one of the things, like, obviously I like to focus on careers, but I like to focus on helping other people too. So one of my stipulations for having people on here is always, are these people, are these guests helping other people? That's one of the, one of the things that drew me to you as well, that you're able to do that. So my question to you is, 
okay, you've, you've had these, yeah, you've had these experiences, these terrible experiences shot in the eye. That, that is absurd. That is terrible. And not to say, I mean, you're, you're running something. If you guys didn't miss it, he's running carry trainer, which is all about running and gunning, shooting guns, and you can't see out your right eye. And then these terrible experiences that you had with family, friends being murdered. So my question to you is you could have stopped at that and you could have just been doing what you wanted to do and enjoyed that, but you've turned your passion into a purpose and you're helping other people. So why did you just not keep it at that one level? And why did you take it to the another level where you've created this mass, huge thing of carry trainer, which is massive on YouTube, on Instagram, and you're helping all these people? First of all, I, I appreciate that you, um, that your interpretation of what we're putting out in the world is, is trying to be helpful. I don't ever want to come off like we're, there's a very fine line, I think, in a lot of businesses, especially this community of uh, training, preparedness, where you can get disingenuous, you know, mm-hmm. you're a veteran, mm-hmm. yeah. right? Uh, you know, how many guys, and this is not a dig, but like we're a veteran-owned business and my partner, you know, was injured. He's got a, it, like, at the end of the day, you're trying to make money. Now you're just, and, and I'm not a veteran, but people so often just try to play the game to mm-hmm. look a certain way. And I'm not talking about anybody but me. I just want to make sure that that's not how anybody understood it. We're not trying to like help people so that it looks like we're helping people. So sure. um, to not go too deep into some personal stuff, I had a kind of interesting childhood, some abuse, um, some not so great times that, that, shape the way we think that a murder that you're talking about the brief story for your listeners is a very close family friend that everybody's got a friend usually growing up that's a like a part of the family this girl would spend she was my sister older sister's good friend her name was beth every holiday every weekend we went to the same grade school she was on the same sports teams her mom was a single mom my parents had 11 kids at that time maybe they had seven or eight but uh, she was at her house constantly. You know, she was like another sister to me. Mm-hmm. So uh, she was 16 years old at the time. I was 15. A neighbor of hers who uh, had been watching her decided one night after a bunch of drinking and drugs, he had to have her, knocked on the front door, breached the door, ended up stabbing her over 70 times. They found her uh, hiding in the bathroom where she literally died of smoke asphyxiation, even though she would have bled to death. Her infant nephew was in the home that she was babysitting that kid was heroically rescued by a neighbor that saw the flames but uh, the murderer lit the house on fire to try to cover his tracks that guy was a local fireman he was uh, uh, by all accounts like a pretty normal guy the guy that you think in the, the society's like you know a good person and I went and sat through the court proceedings and this was during high school. I'd go to the courthouse and sit and watch as this guy sat on trial. And um, it was surreal, you know, because they're talking about this person and you're seeing these horrific uh, descriptions and hearing these things about somebody you cared and loved about. And I thought, man, this is like, it's messed up. But I don't want to, I'm not going to lie and say at that moment, I knew like what my life was going to be. Sure. But those things those things, uh, everything in our life, I say this and it's not, it's not something that's, uh, only I have thought about that. We are the sum total of all of our experiences. You are your, your family is all of the things that have come into our life, the thoughts that we have, the, the, uh, 
good and bad. It makes us who we are. It weaves the fabric of our existence. And some of those things wove me into who I am. And it, it, it bothered me, um, that instance, but it bothered me going into adulthood, seeing other kids that I knew or other people that maybe had similar circumstances that couldn't rise beyond them because they always blamed their current life on what happened long ago. Mm -hmm. And I see the world in a pretty simple light. Like we live and we die, man. We're all worm food in the making stardust, you know? So, um, answer to your question, I think the roundabout way is if I feel that it is our duty that if we have the ability to help, to help. If you don't, I feel that's probably about one of the biggest evils in the world is if mm-hmm. you can do something and you don't. Yeah. 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 Wow. Well, I appreciate you sharing that. I didn't know it on that level whatsoever. I think that's pretty heavy. I think a lot of us have experienced similar but different things. And I think it's good to be able to share these stories in light of knowing that it's going to help somebody else because maybe somebody else, even for example, right now, had something similar happen to them and they kept it in. But by sharing it, it helps them and it helps somebody else because now you've gone on from that, from all of the, from all of that. And you've created what you've created today. And I think that's really powerful. And I think that's really inspirational. And it just adds to everything I I said before about your page. And yeah, you're damn right. I I noticed that on your page. I, I, like I told you, I first saw you interviewing Anson and I was like, oh, this guy would be cool to talk to. He, you know, he is having some good questions, some good answers, but it's like, I want to have him on here only if he's helping other people. And it didn't take me long to be able to realize that it was geared towards that. And one of the things that I saw is, you know, you're, tra- you're training, uh, mothers, you're training fathers, right? You're just, you're training human beings. And to me as a new father, we, we had our little girl, she just turned one and you know, I have, awesome. I have, a, I have a wife and, and we live in this home and those things are real things. And especially we're recording this in March in 2020 and shit is going sideways. God knows yeah. what's going to happen, where we're going to go. We're going to return to some, some normalcy, maybe a normal eventually, but right now and in the future, these things happen. And like you said about who the hell did that, that's insane. You know, you think you quote unquote, you think that these people are these people and they're not those people. So I think mm-hmm. to be able to protect yourself in that light is incredibly important. And for you to be able to facilitate that out of your past is very powerful. And I think that speaks a lot towards who you are. I would. I also think this is a good spot and I appreciate everything you just said to, to tell your listeners um, one other pertinent part about the makeup of me. So some woe is me stories. I had a tough childhood. I grew up and did some criminal shit too. Sure. Uh, I've been handcuffed. I sat 21 days in county jail because I couldn't afford to get out. I was charged with some bad shit, hanging around with bad guys. And um, I didn't do what I was charged with, but I sat there in jail at that time. And I thought, you know, it's like, uh, I remember getting a speeding ticket one time and I wasn't speeding. And my dad said, well, think about all the other times you sped and didn't get caught, you know? Uh, And it's kind of like it doesn't make it right, but Mm -hmm. it's kind of like the, you know, the universe equaling out. Well, I remember sitting in jail and I didn't do what they were accusing me of, which is good uh, that I didn't. And it's good that I was uh, the charges were dropped against me. But had I not been with the people I was with doing the things that we were doing collectively, just being idiots, Mm -hmm. doing criminal stuff. I, I know I don't hide that from time to time. Somebody will look me up on the Internet. And they say, oh, like, I got you, mother effer, you know, like, I'm about to expose you. I go, expose me. Like, I tell this story to kids, you know, every chance I can. I tell this to people. I'm not 
I'm not hiding it, but, uh, you know, there, I, I like to use this training. If you're doing yoga or karate or painting, the guys from uh, Mission 22 have an organization called Warrior's Heart. Tom Spooner founded that. He's in our army unit guy. And they, they I've got a, uh, it's upstairs. I've got this beautiful hatchet the guys build uh, that are there getting treatment and they're using their hands to make art like be the training with guns or building hatchets at a treatment facility like that. I, I kind of look at it like we're using the training to help people mm-hmm. find a deeper part mm-hmm. of themselves. Mm-hmm. Some folks can't grasp what that mm-hmm. means. It's like, no, you're shooting a gun. Yes. But in that, the exposing ourselves to things that make us uncomfortable, uh, exposing ourselves to concepts or ideas that, are new to us that makes us dig and expand as people. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why I encourage everybody. Uh, Politics is not something I talk about, but I use politics in the example of typically people are are just very heavy on one side and they don't Mm -hmm. really look into what the other side may offer. Me personally, it sounds like, and I don't want to get into this too, too much on this show, but it sounds like I align a little bit more with how you feel on things. And frankly, as long as you don't harm another person, I don't really care, but I would want Mm -hmm. and encourage people to be, okay, if you're on the left, for example, there could probably be some things on the right that you do align with, you know, so do your research, you know, your due diligence and be able to cover all grounds and don't only listen to be what you're told. A lot of things you said are are very good. And one of the things you said earlier is you, you found that a lot of other people were blaming their current situation on what they experienced in the past and kind of use it as a scapegoat. And that's something that you clearly haven't done. And one of the other things I wanted to talk about too is I I talk about a lot of issues and a lot of problems. And I said myself that I'm a father, I have a wife and a daughter, and you obviously are a very busy man and I'm very busy too. And it's one of the things we discussed too. So I've kind of had this new question that kind of came into the podcast since I've been a father. And I like asking people, have you had any issues balancing your family and and your passion or, or purpose? And how have you been able to achieve that? So essentially, the question is almost is, have you been able to find any balance? Because the way I will answer that real quick for an example is I don't really have a balance, but I find a way to make it work. I like that. Um, We start every training with a simple question. After we introduce ourselves to each other, every student gets emailed this question and I ask it in person. Why are you here? What's your goal? Mm -hmm. Uh, Your goal could be come have fun. It could be your buddy invited you. It could be I want to get better at doing this one thing. It could be I'm scared and I want to be able to protect myself. I don't care what the answer is. It's, you know, it's your answer. So uh, I was a father at 20 years old. So my youngest or my oldest is like old enough to drink now. You know, (laughs) Uh, I didn't know how to be a dad. I started a business at that age, which sometimes was successful, sometimes wasn't, couldn't always pay the bills. Uh, and I was motivated out of fear most of the time, fear of not doing enough, fear of not being able to pay the bills. And what's the goal? You know, if the goal is we go to work so that we can support our family is one thing, or is it we go to work because we love this job? And that's the passion thing you're talking about. Mm-hmm. I've been on both sides of that equation where the phone was ruled me. I never didn't take a call because it's business, damn it. And I didn't um, uh, 
it, 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 it's very easy to make the, the passion of the work to become all encompassing. I got a great mm-hmm. quick story for this and I'm being long winded with you, but in my construction business, I did this job where a house had flooded. The man that lived there, very successful life insurance salesman. Like when I say very well, uh, uh, successful, I mean, multi-millionaire, beautiful home, uh, but when we got to the house, he was in a hospital bed in the living room on basically hospice. He was dying of cancer. So my guys are in his basement and we're taking all their belongings upstairs. He had a really cool office down there and the walls were covered in like uh, plaques and trophies and like, you know, salesman of the years, platinum, sure, yeah. you know, sales guy of the world. And I, <laughs> I, I'm carefully taking this stuff down. I'm there with my guys. And, and I, I'm like, I'll get this stuff. I'm wrapping it up in paper and stuff. And I'm, I went upstairs and I said to the wife, and I go, what do you want me to do? Like, where do you want me to place these? Because to me, as a man, I thought like these got to go somewhere safe, right? Mm-hmm. All this guy stuff. She goes, oh, you can put that in the dumpster with the carpet and the drywall and all the other junk. And I looked at her. I'm like, what? You know, like, yeah, are you yeah. fucking kidding me? And I, I didn't. I just set the stuff in the garage. <laughs> I figured maybe her kids... You know, their kids were in their 50s, 40s, maybe one of them grandkids. I don't know. I just left the stuff there. But I thought about it on my way home. Here this guy spent his life. This stuff that was on the wall was the, Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. like, recognition for what he did, as well as the house and the cars and the bank accounts. But that stuff didn't mean shit as he lay with the respirator and tubes in and out of him in the living room. And. In the end, somebody's going to take all of our crap and toss it. So I I get the idea of uh, it's the the balance. What's my goal, man? And my goal is to enjoy living and uh, enjoy my family. And so uh, work is very important, but it's not more important than my wife or kids. So it was. It definitely yeah. was. And it was easy to tell myself, like, I have to do this for them. And I think a lot of dudes yeah. selfishly say that because it's really easy. Well, I'm doing this for you. No, you're not. I mean, I can't speak for you, but a lot of guys aren't. They're doing it for them, for their ego, for the shit on the wall. Can I say shit? Yeah. <laughs> for the shit on the wall that's going to end up in a dumpster anyway. Yeah. And nobody lays on the couch. We all say this. You know, I wish I went to work more. I guarantee that guy didn't think in his bed, I wish I got a few more platinum sales awards, you know, and I don't know what kind of father or grandfather or husband he was. I'm just surmising based on, I kind of thought like his wife maybe wanted him gone because maybe this was me just going into like a rabbit hole. (laughs) Maybe she was like that work stuff did run their life and she was like, get it out of here. Yeah. Yeah. Damn, man. I don't know. That answer your question? It absolutely does answer my question because that's like a, a real life example. I think that's a pretty heavy example of because we. I mean, and I'm not it, make that story up. That was totally legit. I remember like being like, it was almost like she punched me. Like I thought, like yeah. I'm not being a puss, but just like really, just toss yeah. all this yeah. stuff. I mean, part of it was I also just spent like two hours boxing it all up. You know, yeah. Geez. Yeah. What the hell? <laughs> yeah. But no, I think about that. I mean, I have, uh, I mean, if you're watching on YouTube, you, you see some of the stuff and you're very familiar with the wall I've had on here for 240 episodes or whatever. And, uh, a lot of this stuff means stuff to me, but it's not going to mean anything after yeah. I'm not here. And I, right, right. Your kids, yeah, your kids yeah. maybe know where you collected these few yeah, items yeah. and maybe they'll tell their kids, maybe your grandkids yeah. will know this was gra- grandpa's whatever holster yeah. or gun yeah. or yeah photo or, or yeah. something but 
yeah, by the time it's we're a few generations removed, even if there's a really good story, some written provenance of what it was, nobody knew you. They didn't know yeah. what your laugh sounded like. They didn't know what your your smile. Well, now with video, we uh, know and, that, and I was about to say that's that's what's really cool about what I mean. You you do YouTube, obviously you have a plethora of YouTube videos and and so on and so forth with all the content you create. And I think that's what's so beautiful about the days that we live in right now is that I'm able to yeah. record this. So I just said I have 240 episodes. Well, holy shit, let's pause for a second. The, cool. she, she might not know that, but I tell you what, she can listen to me for about 500 hours. She, <laughs> she gets to know me pretty well, you know? Right, and, right, uh, right, she, right. And she can hear that laugh. And, you know, your kids this can... This guy never yeah, shut up. This guy, exactly. And he interviewed some real assholes. And I'm just kidding. So, <laughs> no, but uh, I think that's what's really cool. And, I, and absolutely it does answer our question because it takes real life things like that to really realize, like, because you're in the... I don't know if you were in the prime of whatever you were doing at the time, or I'd like to think you're continuously in the prime of your things. But what I'm saying is you were in that mindset of where that really hits you. And that had a lot of shock value. And I think that would have a lot of shock value for anybody in that situation. But I ask these questions for a reason, because that's something I've struggled with. You know, I've been out of the Navy for a year and a half now. And I've had two jobs. And I've done this podcast the entire time through the Navy, through the first job and through the second job. And I haven't missed a beat and it's really hard and it's caused a lot of pain and suffering for my family because I've wanted to adhere to this and not miss a beat. But Mm. I will say about a year ago, I started having these types of conversations and I was very frank with my wife about how I felt about this and I have pulled back. So even though I've created more content, I've figured out a way. One of the things you said very early on is uh, structure and schedules and how to figure out how to do stuff better is that's what I've done here. So I've essentially streamlined the way I create content. And you saw, you know, when we talked on the phone, you're like, do you only record at nights on Tuesday through Thursday? Yes. Yes, I do. Because I I have all these other nights for my family and for other things that Mm -hmm. I do. So yeah, you definitely answered the question there. I think you answered the question really well. And I think it's just great to be able to share an example uh, from a third party, something that you experienced yourself and be able to share that with everybody listening today. So I appreciate that. I mean, we've all, we've all seen that like burying a grandparent or something. You empty their house out, stuff gets dispersed to goodwill to the trash dumpster. You take a few things, your sister, your mom, they all take some stuff, but, and they're gone, man. (laughs) They're gone. So, so you said you were motivated out of fear though. As a young man, as a young man. Yeah. So what are you motivated by now? Well, that's a good thing. That's a good question. It's a good, uh, good thing to think about. What am I motivated by now? I'm motivated by doing good. Um, and it's, this is the part that I don't spend a lot of time talking about because it is very easy to be uh, misinterpreted. Uh, I'm not one of these people that's going to say I'm a piece of garbage. You know, like I don't feel I'm a piece of garbage. I think I'm a good person. I think I'm a pretty good husband. I think I'm a good friend. Uh, I can be cutting I can be crass, I can be rude, I can be short-tempered. But at the end of the day, like the message that I have and what I am putting out into the world is not for everybody. Mm-hmm. I had a guy leave a message today online, said, I stopped following you because you're too preachy. Maybe <laughs> you don't need to hear what I have to say, bro. And I wanted to say, hey, shithead, the <laughs> fact that you took the time to say that says you're just an asshole. Yeah. But I didn't do that. Mm-hmm. That's what I wanted to say. So instead I wrote, you know, hey, man, we all are entitled to our opinions and that's yours and I've got mine and, you know, be well. And I, I want to be a good example. And I'm motivated by the fact that, one, I physically see and hear from people that what we're putting out helps them understand mm-hmm. that they can be and do whatever they want to do. If some shithead criminal 
can develop a brand and do, and I'm not, you know, some super successful guy, but I'm happy and I'm, I'm healthy and we're able to make an impact than anybody can. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the guys that I do connect with and that I, I can look at them and say, I know where you're at. Not like I'm trying to get all spiritual with these people, but they'll say, Hey man, I appreciate it. You helped me understand something about myself. Yeah. Cause I don't, I don't, mince words with people, especially dudes that are on a journey. Our podcast is called The Higher Line, which I'd love to have you on. Oh, thank you. And uh, Yeah, we'll set it up. The the And I record all the time, though, not just on Tuesdays and Thursday nights. <laughs> Got me. But the, th- the thought process of it was like, let's elevate ourselves to the, this higher line of thought, of reason, of living. And people look at that and sometimes they think, oh, you're just like trying to be an elitist. No, man. I sit in my backyard around a campfire and drink beer. I tell dirty jokes, but the fact is we strive to be something more and we mm-hmm. don't take what was as an excuse to be less than today. So in answer of your question, what, what motivates me, it's that. It's I use a lot of self-talk. And years ago when I was involved in politics, I had a hard time motivating people. And I've read every self-help book under the sun. They're all the same thing, but it's somebody else's take on it. And I, I started, I sat down and I said, like, what am I missing? And, and I said, I got to be able to motivate people. And I said, I got to be people, you know, like, I, I think some people are natural leaders or communicators mm-hmm. or salesmen or, you know, whatever. Yeah, some sure. people naturally fit into roles. And there were things that I didn't do well. And I started telling myself, like, this is the thing you do well. This is the thing you do well. And I didn't just say it. I like read about the thing and talk to people that were specialists in the thing. And it's funny to look back. I'll get a message from somebody. This is 10 years after the fact. And they'll say, Hey man, I just wanted to tell you this one thing about you motivates me. And I smile because the thing that they're talking about is the thing I sucked at 10 years ago, (laughs) but it's the thing I worked on for 10 years. And now a decade later, somebody like, you know, that touched something in, in somebody. And that's, that's motivating to yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah. Those are phenomenal answers. And I think that's what's really cool about things um, that align with content creation is one, you're going to get touched by assholes like that. And that could be interpreted some way. I should probably rephrase that for the uh, recording. <laughs> but I digress. I, I get that Touch stuff me. too. You know? Well, yeah. Right. <laughs> I get that stuff too. You know? And um, it, 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 I bet you don't get level. it like I do because you're. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I'm pretty, Yeah, I'm abrasive yeah. and I'm okay with that. I'm an yeah. asshole. Yeah, you and know, I have people say, I have people make fun of the sound of my voice because I'm from Chicago. Yeah, you know, like they're yeah. like, man, you know, he shoots okay, but his voice, yeah. I can't listen to. What an like, asshole. Really? really? wrote that? And then don't listen to it. But you made a lot of good points <laughs> and, uh, you know, I'm not going to drag it out too much, but like we said about politics, you don't have to swing left, you don't have to swing right. Well, the you know what? You don't have to listen to that. You don't have to listen to what you have to say. And you can, oh my gosh, you can follow who you want. You ever thought about that? And yeah, if he's taking the time to comment, then he has nothing better to do. And I feel the same way about that stuff as well. But being motivated out of helping others is is really good, is inspirational. And I hope that some people can do that as well. Um, so in conclusion, I want to ask one last thing. Um, and I want to say, is there anything right now that you're still because i'm assuming we both subscribe to wanting to be you even said be a little bit better every single day so what is one thing that you're continuously working on right now 
that you're struggling with and how are you getting over that? Or if you did get over something recently, how did you do that? Number one thing I would say would be total raw Mm -hmm. self-awareness. There is no growth without being aware of where you are. You can't, you can't navigate on a map. If you don't know where you're at on the map, you can't, uh, you can't do anything if you don't know where you sit right now. Uh, chemistry, mathematics, anything. It has to start with an assessment of what is. And that is the thing. Part of the reason I was so fearful as a young man is because I, I never had an actual accounting of myself, only what other people said, because mm. it's, you know, is we lie to ourselves. You know, I, I, it's okay to be late. You know, I, that guy shouldn't be mad at me because I didn't pay the bill on time or whatever the thing is, we lie to ourselves. And I, that's, that's the thing I'm constantly working on is um, a raw and ragged self-honesty and self-awareness, not to, not to self-deprecate or to put myself down, but you cannot improve if you don't know where you're at. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's definitely something that I think we all struggle with that want to be better. And I think that just as someone would plateau in a weight room doing athletics, mm-hmm. I find that I I plateau mentally as well. And I don't think it's a a bad thing, but I think it's a good thing that I'm able to understand that I'm plateauing and that I need to be able to do something else to break that plateau. So I think that's great. And that's a phenomenal way to answer that question as well. And like you said about the question that you ask everybody that works with you and that you train, I think all these questions right here, any way that a guest answers them is the best way to answer a question because they're all tailored to the unique individual. So I appreciate that. And so before we get out, go ahead. There's some people that there's some people that definitely would not have answered the questions very good that I know, but I like your, your PC, you know, you know, I, I, and I try to stay as, as, as you say, PC as possible. And I try to see the good in everybody, but, uh, yeah, man, it's saying everybody's statements uh, can can be, uh, you know, you're treading on, you're walking over thin ice there because somebody's going to walk over that ice and break it for you and, and say something really dumb right. and going to prove me wrong. But, you know, until then, I'm going to I'm going to do the best I can um, trying to share these in a positive light. So I appreciate it now. And I just wanted to say before we get out of here, please share with us where we can find you on Instagram, YouTube, anything like that websites. Cool, man. Mickey Shook is my name, S-C-H-U-C-H. And if you punch Carry Trainer, C-A-R-R-Y-T-R-A-I-N-E-R into basically anything, uh, any search engine. I was looking to see if I had something around. I didn't even put my own shirt on. (laughs) Carry Trainer, you uh, got my good friend Langdon Tactical Technology shirt on. You'll find us. Carry Trainer on Instagram, Carry Trainer on YouTube, Carry Trainer on Facebook, Carry Trainer on Twitter. uh, And then our web address is carrytrainer.com. Easy day. If you're interested in connecting, you can just go to the website and email. Well, if you guys pick that up, it's Carrie Trainer. It's going to be in the show notes if you can't remember, and you'll be able to find every single stream of content that you'd ever imagine to find for Mickey. Mickey, it's been an absolute pleasure. Mickey, thanks so much for being here, and I really appreciate it again. Your time is invaluable. I understand that all of our times are. For the most part, I'm not going to say all times are invaluable. I'm sure somebody's over there uh, just, you know, not doing something very good right now but uh, seriously I appreciate it this was really good this is really fun have a great rest of your night thank you sir